Welcome to Real Politics, where your Virginia Realtors government relations team discusses issues that impact your business, down from Capitol Square and straight to you. We are coming to you from the James Center Studios overlooking the state capitol. I'm Martin Johnson, the Virginia Realtors Senior Vice President of Government Relations, and I'm here with Anthony Reedy, Vice President of Political Operations. Okay, so now that the dust has settled from the June 11th primary elections, we wanted to take a few minutes to go over some of the broader themes that emerged from the results. Before we take a delve into individual races, let's give a broad overview of how we engaged voters, many of them you as realtors. In state legislative elections, realtor-endorsed candidates won in 11 of 13 races, an 85% win percentage. In conjunction with the Northern Virginia Association of Realtors, we did campaign services for three Fairfax County Board of Supervisors races. All three candidates won. What do we mean by campaign services? These can range from paid activity, like buying digital online ads or direct mail, to get out the vote messaging to you as realtors, and even actually organizing realtors to volunteer for campaigns, whether it be hosting a meet and greet, uh, phone banking, knocking on doors, or working the polls on election day. So, how did we engage voters leading up to election day? With over four million online digital impressions, Think of a digital impression like you would a yard sign, almost 8,000 pieces of mail, and over 23,000 emails to realtors reminding them to get out and vote. As we mentioned earlier, 11 of the 13 endorsed state legislative candidates won. What can you tell us, Anthony, about the two that lost? Sure. Um, in the, the first race to highlight is incumbent delegate Bob Thomas versus challenger Paul Milday. And this was a, a contest uh, of two candidates who were very familiar with each other. Uh, both had served on the Stafford County Board of Supervisors for a number of years. Uh, and actually, these two candidates faced off in the primary election in 2017 uh, when that seat first became an open seat. And obviously, uh, Bob Thomas won that race. In this campaign, Milday focused his messaging on Thomas's vote for Medicaid expansion, uh, which has become a liability within Republican circles. Uh, the candidates also focused on, you know, kind of those base issues, abortion rights, right. gun rights, things like that. Uh, so it was a lot of that uh, red meat. Uh, but this was a squeaker of an election. Uh, uh, Paul Milday ended up winning by about 141 votes uh, out of more than 5,800 casts. So it was right. a very close election. Uh, and this is also a race that in the general election, it will get a lot of national attention. Milday will be facing off against uh, Josh Cole who ran as the Democratic candidate in that race uh, in 2017 as well. Uh, that was another close election. So this will be a pivotal race for both sides coming up in November. Uh, the second race uh, that we're looking at is Senator Ross Dance versus Joe Morsey. Uh, and this is a district that stretches from the city of Richmond down through Petersburg, Hopewell area, and over into Dinwiddie County. Uh, in the race, you had a solid long-term incumbent in Senator Dance, who was being challenged by a very well-known uh, candidate in Joe Morsey, uh, someone who has a, let's say, colorful history, mm -hmm. um, right. as most people are, are well aware of. Morsey really implemented a, a, a very specific and strategic campaign operation. Uh, he focused uh, very heavily on, on voters in the city of Petersburg and was able to uh, win uh, Petersburg by about 2,000 votes, which in which at the end of the day uh, really solidified his vote and, and win throughout the district. And in his strategy, he focused uh, on hyper-local issues, uh, fixing potholes, 
reducing water bills, improving the schools. Uh, and those were all messages that really resonated with the voters. All right. I think you saw <clears throat> in both of those races a real contrast in strategy. Um, in the first race, uh, I think you see where maybe the philosophical ideals come mm-hmm. across in campaigns, right? Yeah. Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. versus non-Medicaid expansion, some other um, more social issues. In the second race, Joe Morrissey capitalized on um, a locality like the city of Petersburg where they have experienced a lot of uh, some of these kind of front door type issues. Yeah, local potholes. Right. We need issue. better yeah. sidewalks. Mm-hmm. We need um, more lighting. And so just, just an interesting contrast. Nominating contests are always difficult to gauge how things are mm-hmm. going to work out. Um, rough night for Senator Dance, but, um, you know, Joe, I think, em, em employed a, a, a smart strategy in the city of Petersburg, and it, and, and it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, two losses, um, two tough losses to take for realtor-endorsed candidates, um, but that happens, right? You yeah. win some, you lose mm-hmm. some. Um, so let's talk a little bit about now where we were, where we were successful, and I think that um, I would start with a lot of um, a lot of our efforts uh, were focused clearly on the online and the digital, mm-hmm. and I think in some of these races it, it, it really helped. Yeah, absolutely, and and the the perfect example of that is uh, minor- a Democratic minority leader in the Senate, uh, Dick Sassel. Uh, Cecil's been a, uh, a longtime uh, incumbent. He served in the uh, state Senate since 1980, uh, and. Up until this year, he had never really had a, a, a serious challenger. Uh, and this year, he actually had two challengers. And his race uh, was seen by a lot of political observers as that, you know, that debate in, within the Democratic Party versus, you know, the longtime establishment incumbent versus the upstart progressive candidate. Uh, and uh, Senator Cecil actually had two uh, opponents in this race, uh, which uh, I think played a little bit into it. Right. Uh, Yasmin Taib. Uh, who was the uh, seen as the the more uh, who was seen as the a progressive upstart? Yeah, yeah, and and and, and the, m- more of a threat to the race. Uh, and then Karen Torrett was also in the race. This was also a race where you saw a lot of outside spending and national attention on a, on right. a local um, uh, race, the Commonwealth Attorney race in Fairfax that that really did boost turnout. What you see in a lot of these off off year elections where there's no statewide uh, uh, candidate or or congressional candidate at the top of the ballot, that often it's the the local races that drive the turnout and drive the interest. Uh, but going back to your point, this is a race where we focused heavily on the on the digital right. uh, side of it, really pushing uh, voters uh, a message to support uh, Senator Sassel, uh, whether it was from uh, static banner ads online, some pre-roll video that people saw. Uh, and all these came into play. And what, what we saw was in a very competitive race. And Senator Sassel ended up winning by about 500 votes out of more than 18,000 cast. Right. Uh, so that's a race where our digital efforts definitely had a major impact in the outcome of that. Right. We um, we generated, I think, about a half a million uh, impressions in that race. And so it will be hard to argue that our efforts didn't help push um, Senator Saslaw across the finish line. Talk to us about another race with a, a longtime incumbent, uh, a realtor, mm-hmm. um, Emmett Hanger out in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, Senator Hanger, again, a, a, like you said, a longtime uh, a legislator and a fellow realtor. Uh, was uh, had a pretty significant challenge this year uh, from Tina Freitas. Uh, and this is a district that's a more rural district. Uh, it stretches uh, north and west of Charlottesville. Uh, and 
uh, you know, kind of like the Bob Thomas race, this was a race where the, the challenger Freitas was really focusing on uh, Emmett's votes for Medicaid expansion and, you know, those those kind of red meat Republican issues like gun rights and stuff like that were, were top of the ticket. And this is a race that um, uh, a lot of people thought would be probably the most competitive and, and the most ripe for an upset uh, on election night. But uh, uh, Senator Hanger put together a very good campaign. Uh, we were a big part of that with his digital right. online operations. Uh, and he ended up winning with about 50, 57% of the vote. So it was a really strong uh, result for Emmett Hanger that night. Right. So, and uh, one other race I want to just uh, highlight very quickly. This wasn't uh, on as many people's radar. It wasn't uh, really one of the more competitive races of the night. But again, as we've seen with particularly with primary elections, with lower voter turnout in those elections, you never know what to expect and you won't, don't want to take anything for granted. Uh, so we engaged in supporting Delegate Luke Torian um, uh, up in Prince William County in his uh, reelection efforts. Uh, he was being challenged by uh, a gentleman named Kevin Wade. Uh, and this is a race where Delegate Torian is a, is a key realtor champion in, in the House of Delegates. Uh, he chairs a, a subcommittee on the very powerful Appropriations Committee. Uh, so he's a candidate that ha- has, has been very supportive of our issues and, and, uh, has taken the lead on a lot of our issues. So we wanted to be there to back him to, uh, to show our support and our enthusiasm for him. And, uh, fortunately he was able to win with a very comfortable 76% of the vote that night. So, uh, we're fortunate to be able to keep him, uh, hopefully coming back to the general assembly. Right. Well, that's good. Thanks, Anthony, for a, a, a kind of a wrap up and, and, um, maybe some highlights of, of primary. And I think overall we, we, we fared well. Um, I know that um, members of the House and the Senate now really even getting down to the local candidates know and appreciate the role that the realtor associations, both at the state level and the local level, can play. And now uh, we've moved into an environment where just a few years ago we were having to go to candidates um, and try to get them to understand what we wanted to do for them. Now candidates and, and those folks are coming to us. And that, you know, that really speaks volumes to the power of the realtor brand to our pack and really how we can we can be engaged. Um, so what's next? Um, so now we take our results, good, bad, and different, and we begin to uh, transfer and transition over through the summer to November. There is a lot at stake um, in state legislative races this year. They are very close uh, margins. Um, the Republicans hold a one-seat margin uh, in the House of Delegates and a one-seat margin in the state Senate. So you can bet that um, the summer will be a busy one for us. Can bet that there will be a lot of outside money coming in. Um, millions, tens of millions of dollars will be spent um, in Virginia. Um, we will be coming to you uh, as realtors with opportunities to help our candidates. Absolutely. Um, we will be um, in the trenches with our candidates. Mm-hmm. We take a lot of pride, mm-hmm. right, in yeah. doing that with our candidates. We're meeting with their consultants already. We're helping them design their their communications plans and, and their plans for um, getting out the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, you and I just the other night spent about two hours with a, a, a House of Delegates candidate helping train her door knockers on how to effectively walk neighborhoods yeah. Um, yeah. and kind of the rules of the, of, of the road. Um, yeah, that's that's a very important point to, you know, as, as robust as our pack and as healthy as our pack is, you know, it's one layer of assistance that we can give the candidates. Right. Uh, uh, you know, the other strength of the Realtor Association is our 34,000 members across the, the the Commonwealth. And, you know, it's it's their family, their friends, their affiliates. 
uh, and really being able to gauge. Uh, so to, to, you know, to take a, you know, a few hours out of your week and, you know, knock doors for a candidate, make phone calls for a, a realtor champion candidate, host a meet and greet in your neighborhood, things like that. They're, they're very easy to do. They take a few hours a week, but it, it has such a, a major impact. Uh, on the results of an election because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have that right. grassroots support, then you're not going to be able to mobilize your voters for election day. Right. Okay, so that's all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Real Politics Podcast, available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks so much for joining us for Real Politics, down from Capitol Square and straight to you.